As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, 153? Yes. Okay. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's our intro. Oh, man. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 153 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam. I'm here with Jill. (laughs) Hello. <laughs> Are you okay? Oh my gosh. I don't know how much of this you're going to keep in. So <laughs> no one has any idea why we're doing the laughing. So, okay. We both saw it uh... over the weekend. But the reason we're laughing so much is before we started recording, well, you're actually, you were recording when I did it, is I've been going around anything that ends with a Y. I've been using the Pennywise voice. And it's so hard not just to do this whole intro in the Pennywise voice. Like, hiya, Georgie. And so I started doing that in the intro. And then you were like, you should just do that. And then I tried. And then I couldn't stop laughing. Because I couldn't be like, hiya, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to episode 153. <laughs> I guess I could probably have done you that. could have done that. <laughs> it's so out of context. But this episode has nothing to do with it. It would be so weird. <sighs> okay. I loved it. The movie was amazing, but that's not what this episode is. So (laughs) would you like to tell everyone what the episode is? Sure. This episode is our memoir podcast episode. So I got to sit down with three of our coworkers and we all read memoirs. Um, It's a lot of celebrity memoirs, but there's some non-celebrity stuff in there too. So yeah. So if you like memoirs, this is the episode for you. Now, I have to ask, because I haven't had a chance to listen to the recording yet, because you did it all on your lonesome. (laughs) Um, Does anyone bring up, like, comedian-type ones, which is my Absolutely. I was just making sure I haven't listened yet. Of course. Of course. Melissa was in with us, and so... Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. She and I align pretty closely Mm -hmm. with our memoirs. It's a lot of audiobooks, too, since we talk about how... It's the best way. Yeah. So... I will say... And I'm guessing, do you guys talk about Eddie Izzard's? We do. Okay, I'm just going to say, I, I'm, I'll i just give him a shout out. There's another bookish podcast, and I've mentioned it on in Twitter, but it's called Reading Glasses, mm-hmm. and they're amazing, and we're actually doing some overdrive sponsorships with them. That's not why I'm talking about them. But one of them recently talked about, she just got the Eddie Izzard audiobook, and she said, she's like, when the book came out, she wanted to read it so bad. But then she told herself, like, no, wait, I should borrow this from the library so I can listen to the audiobook. Because you have the audiobooks of memoirs are the best. Fun fact, he actually pronounces his last name Izzard. Really? <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't know that either. Yeah. In the whole audiobook, it's Eddie Izzard. 
That's fantastic. I know. So, yeah. But, no, we talk about that. Um, a lot of comedian, other comedians. He's a comedian. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a big mix of – it's definitely, like, celebrity heavy in the beginning. But if you keep listening, that's not really your jam. There's more stuff at the closer to the middle on. Does Stephen King have a memoir? We actually talk about his book on writing. Yes. But which I is sort of half memoir. It's like half memoir, half writing tip. So mm-hmm. that is included in there. Anything else you can think of, Jill? I think that's everything. Okay. I hope you guys enjoy this wonderful memoir-heavy episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill, and with me I have three fabulous women who I'm very <laughs> excited to talk about memoirs with. Hey. So I'm gonna have everyone um, go around and introduce yourself, starting with Melissa. Hi, I am Melissa, and <laughs> I also work at Overdrive. I've been on the podcast before, but it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, I've talked about audiobooks and TV-related books, because that's me. That's right. Yeah. I about that. I am Megan. I am a, uh, a frequent contributor. Um, I'm, yeah, not only... Do I sell a hair club for men? I'm also a member. Um, and I was most recently on the Suspense podcast. I've done all sorts of things. And you have. frequently pop in just to say hi. That too. Me. Me, yeah. <laughs> I'm Brianna. I'm a training specialist, so you may have heard my voice before. That is true. And this is my first time doing an extended uh, guest appearance. It is. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. I'm pretty excited. Yay. We're happy to have you on. So we are talking memoirs. I know I said that at the beginning, but I'm just repeating it. Um, so I love memoirs, and I know you guys all do too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to sort of start with what is it about memoirs that you like so much? Anyone can answer. I was ready for this question. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I love memoirs because they show me that life can get really interesting, but then they also show me that my life isn't as, you know, as tumultuous or interesting (laughs) or wild as I may think at times. Grounds you. Yes, I can compare and contrast. (laughs) I think of uh, Kelly Corrigan and how she was talking about her book, Tell Me More, Mm -hmm. and the idea of there are things that go on in people's lives and experiences that they have that they don't talk to other people about but we probably need to have these discussions mm-hmm. and these conversations so we get a real sense of what the world is like so that's what memoirs do for me i like that i, I like too. i like the like gossip factor of a lot of memoirs i'm really into like the behind the scenes i, I on my list are a lot of like celebrity kind of memoirs because i like to know um, what's going on, who likes who, what they were really thinking when they were doing this and that. And so that's, for me, I kind of like that peek behind the curtain in that uh, aspect. And yeah, I'm, as I say, like every time I'm on this, I'm a big character person. So when I read a book, I really want to know about the people. And that's what a memoir is. It's humanity. So, and all of the different varied experiences that you get in your life. And we're only going to live one of them, most likely. 
I mean, that's another discussion for not this <laughs> yeah. podcast. I, mean, uh, I think Shirley MacLaine has written memoirs about. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we might as well absorb as much of the different human experiences that that we can get our hands on while we're having the one we've got. And learn from them. Yeah. 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 I, I was putting my list together, and I realized it's a lot of celebrity memoirs. Mm-hmm. So I think... <laughs> I think it's the gossip factor for me. Yeah, that's the piece I like. Uh, I was not intentional, but I'm like looking like, what have I read? And I was like, oh, it's almost all celebrity memoirs. So um, so what has everyone been reading, currently reading? All that jazz. Sure. Anyone? Yeah, so I just got one today. I haven't oh. actually started it, but it came available today. So I'm really excited. It is... Um, called From Cradle to Stage, Stories from the Mothers Who Rocked and Raised Rock Stars. Mm, It's from Dave Grohl's mom, uh, Virginia Hanlon Grohl, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. And so it's more than just her story. It's more of an essay collection, I think, like interviews with other um, parents of rock Mm -hmm. stars. It also includes... The mom of Dr. Dre, uh, Miranda Lambert's mom, Josh Groban, Kelly Clarkson, Amy Winehouse, like a really random spectrum of musicians. And so I'm really interested to start reading that. I wish they had the audiobook version available, oh. but I have the ebook, so I will let you guys know how that pans out. But I saw her and Dave Grohl on um, Colbert, I think, on Stephen Colbert's show promoting this book, and she was adorable, and so I put this on hold right away, and just came to me today, so I'm really excited to start that one. That sounds really good. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. It'll fill that gossipy piece that I like, but also, <laughs> like, I'm sure adorable children's stories. and Right, and I, I like, you never really think about, I mean, I don't, that these rock stars were like have parents who raise them and like what's that like yeah. for them and especially the different genres i right. was like oh wow that is a very wide spectrum of people so <laughs> i'm sure those are going to be different types of stories yeah. uh brianna so i just started i can't make this up by kevin hart a book that i also had on hold that came to me this week nice and it's interesting there's also this parent factor so far so learning about his dad and some things that I don't think I would be courageous enough to write about while my parents are alive but (laughs) (laughs) it's in there and his dad approves so it's very interesting already Uh, the most recent one I read and I apologize in advance um, for butchering names um, or the awkward thoughts of W. Kamau Bell and a postscript, Tales of a 6'4", African-American, heterosexual, cisgender, left-leaning, asthmatic, black and proud, blurred, mama's boy, dad, and stand-up comedian. Uh, he also has a show on CNN. Um, and I really, really liked it. It was funny. Um, it had a lot of just good thoughts about growing up. It touched a lot on things that are going on right now in the world. Um, and if you've seen any of his uh, specials on CNN or anything like that, it was a... It was a very good look into his life and um, just was very amusing. I listened to the audiobook. He narrated it himself. So it was because uh, that's if I can if somebody is alive I, and they're reading it themselves like nine times out of ten, I will go for the audio. Absolutely. Um, so I really enjoyed just listening to him read too fast because I listen on double speed. So <laughs> uh, so that's the one that is the one detractor. But that's my own personal bugaboo because i listen to all these people and they sound weird so like anytime um david sedaris's new book 
mm-hmm. which is uh, his series of of uh, his diaries, Theft by Finding, uh, which he does explain in the book where he got the name. Um, like he, I've seen him speak three times, like in person. I, I'm obsessed with him. And uh, so hearing him talk on double speed, I was just like, <laughs> what? If that's not your voice. What's going on? Um, and there are certain people where, yeah, he just... I could I could do it, but I really thought about pulling it back. It's <laughs> yeah. like, like this is not the person I know who doesn't know me at all. But whoever wants to hang out, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have never like f- read a physical or ebook copy of David Sedaris's books. I've only ever done the audiobook oh. of his stuff. We and can- so, like, I tried reading one of them once, and I was like, this isn't quite the same. Like, I need that voice. Did you just voice. hear his voice in your brain? Sort of, yeah, on? I did. But it wasn't quite the same, because the inflections yeah. were not, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We keep holidays on ice, like, <sighs> on the table next to the plate of cookies for Santa. Like, it's so always good. there in case you're chilling by the tree, and you just want to read some some good holiday stories. So, so <laughs> Nice. I haven't had the pleasure of listening to an audiobook in uh in a memoir form i love audiobooks in general but um it is kind of fun to imagine their voice especially if it's a comedian like kevin hart or trevor noah and just like just picturing mm-hmm. going all right all right all right and <laughs> just like hearing that in your head and like yeah it has to be funny i'd say a, a good gateway one uh is yes please by amy poehler yeah because she has everyone on it yeah, like that is a great like, one. You're just, like listening, and some like Carol Burnett starts talking, and you're like, "What's going yeah. on?" <laughs> and um, if you're a like a Parks and Rec junkie, like I am, um, like she talks about all of that stuff, and uh, of course you get the little like behind the scenes as to like what happened with her marriage, all this stuff. Um, but she that's a great like great one to get you started um, because it has all the fun guests where mm-hmm. it's not like mm-hmm. multiple narrators per se but you have every now and then just somebody else popping in so it's I'm good writing it yeah down. all it right <laughs> i like with the audiobooks is that sometimes especially i found this with comedians they'll kind of go off script a yes. little book um uh eddie is did this with believe me where i listened to <sighs> the audiobook <laughs> it's so good but it's the same kind of thing where uh he goes off script often in that you know there's a lot of extra stuff they'll even say like oh they cut this from the book but i'm gonna like tell the story anyway <laughs> so. you know who else does something like that is john hodgman if you've ever listened oh, yeah. to any of his stuff he used to be a daily show contributor he was in those like mac pc commercials he has a great podcast oh, yeah you've seen him everywhere i'm sure if even if the name isn't ringing a bell he looks like he, an everyman yes he does um he's written three books and he actually has a fourth one coming out that's on my to read list and the first three books i wouldn't categorize as memoir because mm-hmm. they are fake facts yes. <laughs> but he has a musical accompaniment in at least one <laughs> of them like he has a friend of his who plays the guitar um he has a guest he has guests come in and do different parts and so i'm expecting the same for his upcoming book it's called vacation land and that is actually a true memoir it's his first non-fake fact book that is coming out and that's in october non-fake fact <laughs> yes yeah non-fake fact <laughs> Uh, I cracked my up. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see what else do I have on my list. Um, I had recently, over the summer, read both of Janet Mock's memoirs. She um, 
is uh, transgender. She had worked for, oh, I'm going to blank out what magazine she worked for, one of the big fashion ones. Um, and so she has two memoirs out. One, first one, Redefining Realness, is sort of about her childhood, um, like in Hawaii growing up. And then um, at the end of it, she has her surgery. And then Surpassing Certainty, which came out early this year, is about her 20s. And so they're like these little chunks of her time and they kind of go fit together and sort of how the, her story, um, I don't know. I just found it really interesting kind of seeing her literal transition, but then just sort of, you know, the emotional transition that comes with all of that as well. So this is going to be a very long list for me of books to read. I feel like every time you're like, okay, Kevin Hart, I'm like, okay, done. Yeah, I know. Moving on to my, my to read list, which is already really long. I have um, a book that's coming out, I think next week, actually, that's on my, I really also am very looking forward to it. I realize that this is supposed to be, I read this, it was great, eh, but that's okay. I come with so many of the books that are coming out that I really want to read. Um, Michael Asiello, he is a TV writer, well, not TV writer, he's a TV critic um, who has been working, he worked at Entertainment Weekly for a long time, he, and he has a website. Um, he has a book coming out called Spoiler Alert, The Hero Dies, and it is about his life with his partner who is going through a t- terminal illness. Um, it looks heartbreaking, mm-hmm. but the, I read a small sample of it that was published, I believe, on his website, and even just the sample alone made me want to start crying and just it was so moving so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does I'm really impressed with his style of writing just even in tv criticism and review and so seeing that translated to a long form into a memoir is going to be really interesting yeah I think I saw that on your goodreads it's on my list already yeah yeah (laughs) thanks for the heads up I know (laughs) let's just keep growing it's terrible can't keep up with everything you just don't sleep, guys. It's really this great thing. That's the well, solution. Plus the, the double time audiobook yeah. probably yeah. helps too. Listen to double time audiobooks. Don't sleep. You're always like a little bit wired. That explains so much. <laughs> I, don't right drink, I don't drink coffee, though, if it makes you feel any better. That's why. It doesn't. No. Okay. <laughs> um, any other celebrity memoirs? Um, well, I don't. I think we'd be remiss to not mention the two by Carrie Fisher. Well, those were on my that. Yeah, okay, that is true. I mean, if we're talking like straight up celebrity memoirs, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Wishful Drinking and The Princess Diarist. Um, if I'm going to be completely honest, I liked Wishful Drinking better than The Princess Diarist, but I think uh, that's probably because it's a little more fleshed out. Uh, Wishful Drinking is Carrie Fisher's life. Uh, the Princess Diarist is specifically like her time making Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, it's kind of if you want, and I'm, I'm, I love Star Wars, but I just thought, thought that Wishful Drinking had a lot more, obviously because of its breadth, just was a lot more of a, a story and did a lot more humanizing and a lot more explaining of things. And I guess you hear throughout, you know, just anecdotally things about people's lives, and it is nice to kind of have a chance to let them explain and I read I actually read Wishful Drinking before she passed away and then Princess Diarist right after so Mm -hmm. it was that extra little bit of tugging at your heartstrings with the especially when she was like you know talking about uh her mom and and just like her relationship with her family and you know that not not to say that her life was harder than anybody else's, but it wasn't easy. And it is kind of nice to know that everybody 
has some similar struggles when you're having those times where you're trying to get through your own life and just so she really she she went through a lot and she gone too soon um but i do recommend those for anybody who's in just really you get some good old hollywood gossip from the first part of wishful drinking and then all the gossip in the princess diarist (laughs) yeah i found the princess diarist really interesting i think because so much time had passed and you know between her writing the diary during star wars and then kind of reflecting on it now like 30 40 years later um i don't know if it was something intentional but she had clearly kind of distanced herself from the stuff in the diary where she sort of like waved it off like yeah i was just sort of being angsty and young and i'm like does she like is that really how she does she like forget you know what i mean like what that felt like at that time and does she really believe that she was just being sort of young or I don't know. It was it was an interesting. And then her daughter does the audiobook part of the diaries. And I'm like, well, that's kind of awkward. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that's interesting. <laughs> reading your mom's diaries. Yeah. <laughs> that are I mean, it's not it's not especially graphic. No, but, but it's it's awkward. Yeah. Like I would not want <laughs> No. I would not want to read that about my own mom. Like yeah. yeah. Like you understand your parents are people, but sometimes you just just need to know that more anecdotally. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're willing to write, though, I think that takes a certain amount of courage to begin with. Oh no, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 I have a couple celebrities. Yeah. Um, did anybody else know that DJ Khaled has a memoir? What? <laughs> it's called The Keys. Of as course soon as it I is. Saw yeah. it, <laughs> of course it is. Right. <laughs> as soon as I saw it on the shelf, I had to have it. And he's one of those guys that I, I was kind of like, uh, does he have to be in every music video? <laughs> Reminds me of Jermaine Dupri in the 90s. I'm really sick of seeing him. Wow, that is a deep cut. Well, that, that was, at All first, right. this was pre-Snapchat, okay? Like, so then I, like I find that. him on Snapchat, and I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing. He has an amazing soul. He's fun. He loves his family and his flowers. So then I became obsessed with DJ Khaled. And so reading the book was especially fun because he used all of his phrases of course and you also got some context behind those phrases but then you also kind of see where he came from things weren't always easy sometimes he had to start over so again it's that that inspirational piece where it's like oh yeah he had to start somewhere before he got to dj Khaled, and now he can be a big inspiration but you have to have like the right attitude to begin with I had no idea that DJ Khaled was so multifaceted. Man, he's he's just a super great guy. Yeah, well, again, adding it to my list. (laughs) (laughs) So many. Were there any other celebrity memoirs on your list? Uh, I have uh, Trevor Noah. Born a Crime. Born a Crime. Loved it. That changed my life. Loved it. It was so unexpected, and I already like his his stand-ups on Netflix and watching him on the daily show but just finding out where he came from even was really wild and i think what i i liked about you know he he was he was born a crime you know like he had uh a black mother and a white father and that was illegal like so straight up a crime and he talked he talked (laughs) i don't know where that came from Uh, he talked about he talked about his experiences in a very matter-of-fact way there was no like you know pity me 
There's no my, you know, my life was hard and here's why. It was just like, this is what we did. Like, my mom didn't walk next to me because, yeah. because and she, she pretended to be the nanny and, you know, like mm-hmm. all this. And it was just like, and that's how it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, yeah, I loved it. Loved it. And he, he gives you some context, but it's not just about apartheid. Yeah. Even though that's, of course, a major part of his life. He talks about just, what did I do to make money back then? Yeah. And, what was my experience with the dog like? There are just <laughs> lots of funny stories, and then the ending was just, oh, yeah, you got you got to read that. Well, it starts like the opening scene. You're just like, what? And then it shoots you back. Yep. And so yeah, he does a really good job of the like the hook intro kind of, <laughs> where you're like, mm-hmm. that came out of nowhere, and then you takes you back and kind of works you back up to the. I think I, I think I forgot about it for a while too. It's like, oh okay, we're good. Yeah. We're all right. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's my bit of suspense for you guys today. Yeah, it's like got it. it has layers. Ah, <laughs> uh, um. So, any non-celebrity memoirs that anyone really? Yeah, there's a few. I I'm sure this has been talked about on the podcast before, but "Hillbilly Elegy" mm-hmm. by JD Vance was. I'm worth all of the good reviews it's been having. Mm-hmm. I just was so, um, and maybe it's because we're from Ohio, and I, I know a lot of people who um, are from like the Southern Ohio and the Appalachian region. It really resonated with me. A lot of the characters in his family are true characters and very vivid um, portraits of who those people are and who what they meant in his life and the really complex relationships that he has with them and. Uh, talking about some really difficult times that he's had with members of his family, but you can tell how much they are so important to him still and and how um, kind of that class narrative of a lot of those stories don't get told, um, I think. And so it was really fascinating. And that was also when I listened to as an audiobook, and it got me through. There are some parts, some parts of it where I was a little like, oh, I don't really know where this is going Mm -hmm. i'm not quite sure what kind of journey we're going on here but um it all added up like he talked about his time in the military and or in the armed forces and i was like well i don't really know if this is as interesting but i thought it painted a better more holistic picture of him as a person and kind of where he went overall right um so that one was really really interesting and definitely worth the critical acclaim it's gotten i think yeah i did the audiobook for that one too and it was very well done. Yeah. Um, I would agree. Let's see what do I have? Um, I have, I read a uh, it's called Morgue by Vincent. I think it's DeMeo. He um, works as like a. Uh, I can't even know. See, this is what happens when I don't write all my notes out. <laughs> I don't want to mix up what he um, like a forensic pathologist type of thing. Um, solving crimes mm. um wow i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up just to make sure i can get the actual accurate he of course he wouldn't tell me yeah um yeah he's a forensic pathologist and uh so he works on these like he's worked on these kind of some high profile cases and his his family's worked on high profile cases um they like exhumed Lee Harvey Oswald. He worked on um, the Trayvon Martin case, and kind of it's interesting because he each chapter is like a different 
case that he has worked on and he sort of talks through the process of the crime and then the steps that he and his team took to come to whatever conclusion it was um it's a little dark obviously because <laughs> some of the crimes are uh you know not even just the, the high profile ones but the ones that were just like really kind of gut-wrenching um but sort of that peek behind the curtain part of it was mm-hmm. i found really interesting because i'm obsessed with the macabre so um well then have you <laughs> have you read uh smoke gets in your eyes and other lessons from a crematory by caitlin doty no but it's going on my list now all right um and she actually has a new book that's coming out very soon also called from here to eternity traveling the world to find a good death um but that's which i i have but i have not read yet um so smoke gets in your eyes is her memoir of kind of doing kind of an internship about learning about yeah working in this crematorium and seeing just you know the entire process of actually dealing with with a body to dealing with families and she's actually started a um a nonprofit funeral home and uh something called the order of the good death and uh is she's kind of trying to revolutionize the way that Americans deal with death and um just so that's what the second book from what i can tell is just her like figuring out how other her travels and and learning how other cultures deal with with death and end of life so uh it's a perfect tie-in. I actually wasn't going to talk about that book. <laughs> I I just looked it up. I have an arc of from here uh, from here to eternity, like at home right now, that I picked up at ALA and then just like threw it in my pile. <laughs> there so, you go. It was there you go. To you. But yeah, uh, smoke gets in your eyes was very good. I really enjoyed that one. That was a nice tie-in. Look at that. Yeah. No, that was <laughs> completely unplanned. That was a librarian moment right there. Oh, I've got something for you. I'm not drawn to such dark topics myself. <laughs> there should be more of you in the world. <laughs> the uh, the book that I picked up, uh, one of the first memoirs I was in- interested in, and I have to admit, I've been a fiction person for the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Romance is My Day Job by Patience Bloom. Ooh. I believe she's still, uh, if not previously, but still an editor at Harlequin. Mm. Oh, sold. Yeah, already interesting, but then is the love life matching up with what she's reading? Not quite. So you get to see how that plays out. There's even a brief mention of Cleveland in there, which is exciting. And, um, yeah, the ending, I mean, yeah, it, it, it kind of it plays out through her relationships and it ends with a current relationship which is all I'll say, but it, um, of course, with memoirs, you have to be somewhat open-ended in terms of what's going to happen next, so mm-hmm. that's what I am interested in now. Hmm. It's a fun cover, too. I just looked it up. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> stack of books. Yeah. And I've already put it on. Right? Checked it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're on hold. That's why I'm on hold? Yep. <laughs> oh, dang. Fastest fingers in the wish. <laughs> Sorry, everyone who wants to... To borrow it from a local library around here. <laughs> we oh, got to read it first. Got it. Got it. Oh, that cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, say so most of mine are actually pretty dark. Um, most of my my memoirs that I have that aren't celebrity ones. I have some non-dark ones. Um, <laughs> I read um, Cracking the Cube by Ian Shuffler, which is about Rubik's Cube um, 
aficionados, I guess. Uh, it's about competitive Rubik's cubing, which is a thing. Um, he, Ian is like at the beginning didn't really play with the the Rubik's cube, but um, he kind of got into it, and he sort of so it's like part him you know, learning how these guys do it. And then he gets into the competition as well. Um, so it also sort of follows around some um, of the players who play with the Rubik's Cube. It was really fascinating. And then he sort of goes to try and find, you know, the guy Rubik's behind the Rubik's Cube. And oh. <laughs> it was really, really interesting. And just sort of getting into the mind of, um, it's it's mostly men. Um, there were a few women players though, but who are take their Rubik's cube very seriously and mm. can uh, and like and I'm I'm watching it or like I'm reading it and he mentions particular names who can solve the Rubik's cube in ridiculously fast speeds. Like I'm like that can't be legit. And then you go and look up YouTube <laughs> videos and it's legit. <laughs> I mean it's yeah. So how fast can you do it? I I don't remember, but um, he I mean he did okay. I mean he wasn't you know he did okay in the competition, but man, some of these it was like I don't understand like how do you and it's all kind of like math and patterns, and that's why mm-hmm. math is not my thing. But it really is like a lot of math and understanding um, patterns and technique and all that stuff. But it's it's intense to watch, and it was it was fun to read and kind of get. I love I love competitive stories. I do this with documentaries too, but like competitive stories about sports or activities you would not think would be high tension mm-hmm. competition, but they really are. Like and the so spelling bee. what yeah, with the spelling bee. Um so it was a fun it was a fun read. So see I read non dark stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> not very often. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to I mean, I could throw in some dark stuff. Please. <laughs> I need, see, I need stuff, though, to also read. So, okay, you know. okay. Um, boy, which were, which one do I want to go with? <laughs> uh, well, since we're in Cleveland, I'm just going to go, like, for real dark here. Um, so the book is called I Will Find You by Joanna Connors. Um, so she was a reporter for a local Cleveland paper who in the 80s went to, I want to say, review. She went to meet with a director of a play. She was on Case campus, Case Western Reserve University campus, to to do interview with someone, and she ended up um, being just violently raped in one of the buildings. Mm. Um, so she, this happens, and it just so happens that they ended up catching the guy that did this to her the next day because he returned to the scene of the crime to do this to someone else. Um, so the name I Will Find You is actually what he, like, one of the last things that he said to her before he let her go. And then this is her journey to kind of rediscover him much later. So when her kids go off to college in uh, I think sometime in the early 2000s, she realized that she had never told them about this because they were... Um, and that she felt the need as her daughter was going off to school that you need you need to know that this happened to me. And so this is kind of it's a memoir of her life and especially how it affected this this event affected her marriage and how she raised her children and just her own journey after that happened. And then she also chronicles uh, her rapist life. 
as well. Um, he ended up passing away in prison not too long after he was he was arrested. Um, so I think from like a heart attack or something. I don't not important. Um, but she ends up m- interviewing and meeting with a lot of the people in his life, uh, mm-hmm. and to kind of discover a bit about him and just kind of try to piece all of this together. And it is incredibly sad. Uh, but it was, she's such a good writer. Mm-hmm. It was so, so well written. And it's it's just moving in so many different ways. And it really, she goes about trying to humanize without sympathizing. Wow. Um, and if you're, it's not, it's not especially long, um, but it is the type of, it packs a lot of punches. So it's one that, you know, I've, it took me a little bit longer to read than a lot of my other books because you just kind of, you read it, you read some and then you're just like, I'm going to walk away right now and quit the book in the freezer, so to speak, for all my friends, people out there. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, I'm going to walk away from this for a little bit. I'm going to, you know, like just watch kitten videos and then I can go back. But it's, it's totally, it's if totally worth all of the, the triggers and it's just... She really wrote one heck of a memoir. Hmm. Um, wow. I feel like I should have something lighter on top of that. <laughs> I have the Need a palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah, it's like now that I've now that I've just harshed everybody's buzz. Um, I can interject with some more darkness for a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Let's keep. Throw it on. Let's Might keep as going. well, guys. I have read a couple of the survivor stories from. Um, J.C. Duggard, Dugard, Duggard. Uh, I want to say Duggar because I think the Duggar family, but right. maybe Dugard. But yeah. um, and Elizabeth Smart, and then also the Cleveland Amanda Berry, Gina DeJesus, and Michelle Knight. All of them also very difficult, mm-hmm. but for different reasons. I think they're all written a little bit differently. Um, the one thing that when I read them also in chunks not all at once um but the thing that i take away from it is not only their strength and how they're each seem to be working through things differently after what uh the trauma that has happened to them in their life but i think it's really telling in the way that they retell some of the difficult times of these were all um, girls who were kidnapped at some point and then were able to escape and looking back on it what the recollections of that time are and the way that they tell that their story and trying to understand the level of um, not only physical abuse but just emotional trauma that they go through and that kind of brainwashing almost Mm -hmm. there they it's very hard as an outsider to say well you it looked like you could have just left at, at this point like you weren't you know, closed up or, you know, in some cases with J.C. Dugard, she was there for so long. And it really makes you think about the real change in your brain that happens when you're going through some kind of a trauma like that and and how even when they are talking about um, those bad times, there's still some level of familiarity and it's just it's a fascinating look but also difficult to read so it's one of like I read them because I was really interested in the stories and hearing about just the unlikely success of oh my gosh it's you know you're so excited to hear that these girls have survived and 
Um, but to go back and read it is is difficult. It's hard to because I think I want to put myself into so many scenarios when I'm reading, mm-hmm. and that is not something yeah. that you you can do without right. like completely shutting down. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, sorry, did not help bring that up <laughs> at all. But also, I mean, if you're interested in true crime and those kinds of yeah. narratives, those are are worth taking a look at. Yeah, I've I think I read all of them, and I would agree. Yeah, I can't read those in one go. No, to, no. Yeah, read in. Chunks. To go like yeah. smell some flowers and yeah. Like, yeah. frolic. Yeah, take a break. But I, sunshine. But I do think they're important. Oh yeah. To read, not just to sort of acknowledge the, the trauma that they went through, but I think because of what you talked about, people are always like, "Well, why didn't you just leave?" You yeah. know, and getting an understanding and having that idea of of why they didn't or why they can't for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really important. Yeah. So we can just keep this going, <laughs> or I can change the subject. <laughs> I should change the subject. Yeah, yeah. I feel a little like we can throw some more. We can throw some more some more darkness at things later again. <laughs> Let's talk about the Happiness Project. Oh, there you go. That's a that's a complete <laughs> one eighty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, by Gretchen Rubin. I had a whole period of time where I was just reading a bunch of positive books, things ways to change your life, things to do. So I was interested in what one person did to change their life month by month. Um, it starts off with little things like getting more sleep, um, you know, being kinder. And it's it's great that it's so simple in terms of the things that she's doing, that she's changing. And you, I like the concept of building upon it each month. So like what you do February includes what you tried to start doing on in January. But then it's also funny because it's not as simple as it seems. Like, if you have a bad day, it's not as easy to come home and be like, hey, honey, I'll, I will fold that for you, no problem. <laughs> like, sometimes you want to scream at them. Or if you have kids, it changes how you react to things. So you have to catch yourself. And that's more what I ended up thinking about reading that book. It is a memoir. No, 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 no. I was... <laughs> I think a lot of that type of book, in order to be successful, you do have to have your own story in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to just be like, you can do this, and but if there's nothing to back it up, then, yeah. I just don't tend to read the glass half full books, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. No. I'm a pretty positive person in real life, though. Yeah. IRL. <laughs> maybe that's why you can handle it. Yeah. That's probably, maybe that's what it is. It's like, um, I, I do enjoy, like, a good memoir, good book that just has me weeping. I recently asked for recommendations amongst some people that work here of, like, I was like, I haven't read a good book that made me cry a lot in a while. And I got nothing. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't read sad books. I was like, yeah. yeah. We had a whole episode about that. I know. But it was, like, a year ago. But it was back. It was like March. It was okay. March. All right. It was March sadness. March sadness. Okay. Well, I need to go back through that. Go one. back through that one. Because I think, like, uh, to throw in like a weepy one, and this is this is from last year, when breath becomes air by Paul Calanthe, um, is just a wonderful, devastating book, um, where he he uh, was a like on his way to being a very well respected physician. And was diagnosed with cancer as he was finishing up, I think, his residency. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of him. His He had a plan. Like, he did love both writing and, like, 
reading and he loved medicine. So his thought was like, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do medicine for a while and then kind of as my like side gig in retirement, I'm going to write and it's gonna be great. And you know what they say about the best laid plans of mice and men. Um, so he was diagnosed with a terminal illness and so he started to kind of just write his memoirs and just write his thoughts about life. And um, then there's an afterward by his wife because while he is while he is dying, they get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that brings a whole new aspect of everything to to his writing. And it's beautiful. He would have actually, I think he would have been a wonderful writer someday. And I'm sure he also would have you know, helped a lot of people. Um, so it's just sometimes it's good to have these reflective moments for those times when you're thinking of trying how to be more compassionate and how to be happier and just think of like, so he just, all these are kind of his reflections on the world and just his own experience and just making every moment count. Um, and yeah, it's just, especially the afterward by his wife was real, real difficult. Mm. And uh, I was, that was one where I'm just like crying into my pillow and my husband's asleep next to me, just like full on sleeping and I'm just full on weeping. Right, right. Because he at this point knows like, if it's important, she'll like wake me up. (laughs) But odds are it's just a book. (laughs) No such thing as just just a book. Yeah, well, he's read like three books since we've been together. So, you know. You should work on that. Trust me, I'm trying. I'm trying. So he... He did. Re- he does. He reads like he reads one or two books a year. I got him to read Gone Girl, and then which is not a memoir. And he also likes Philip Margolin, who does not write memoirs. Also, so <laughs> guess any Philip Margolin read alikes that people want to email us, I'll take them because I don't read those books, so I can't like from experience be like, oh yeah. So yeah, legal thrillers for anyone that doesn't familiar <laughs> out in the universe. Um. So yeah. Uh, any other books anyone really wants to talk about before we move on to the upcoming books, future books? I have to talk about Stephen King on writing. Oh, oh fair. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. We will allow it. Yes, like, I don't know what else there is to say, though. Like, it, it just, it, I feel like it's necessary. If you yes. appreciate writing, if you appreciate Stephen King, you have to read it. It's so good. It was surprisingly easy to get through. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as short as some of the other ones I read. And it wasn't, like, there were some parts where he's like, yeah, um, this is how you form a paragraph type things. And <laughs> I took it, and I enjoyed it. And then <laughs> I said, like, okay, let's hear more about you. And yeah. it, was, it was a well-rounded, helpful book. Yeah, I I do. It's interesting because, yeah, part of it is obviously the structure and the technique and the craft of writing. But he does write a lot about how he wrote his own books and some of them he doesn't remember yeah. writing because mm-hmm. he was so high and you kind of I like I kind of want him to write more of an actual you know autobiography or memoir but it's it's so perfect for what it is yeah I kind of like no nah, maybe just stick with that and let that stand for it yeah it's like one-third memoir two-thirds writing manual mm-hmm. with intimate writing manual yeah <laughs> And 1% love story. Yeah. There is, He's yeah. in love with his wife. He is so in love. And like, I love that. It, there's, uh, yes, agreed. <laughs> I don't, I mean, so many of his books are dedicated to her. It's so adorable. And they've been through the trenches together. Yes. 
And it is another, I don't think he necessarily wrote it as a, like, if you have a dream, blah, blah, blah. But he definitely climbed out of a proverbial hole and is now, like, the master of horror. And his son's books absolutely terrify me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was talking about Nosferatu to somebody today, and it frightened me in like retrospect so <laughs> he he and his other son have, another, have a book coming out they wrote together Ooh, that comes out this month i'm gonna have to because it was that. on our september episode yeah his son owen and him wrote a book uh okay well we got books coming out speaking of fisher uh jolie fisher the sis half sister of carrie um, their father is both Eddie Fisher. She has a memoir coming out called Growing Up Fisher, which will probably be interesting, I think, to mm. kind of see that part of the family dynasty, so to speak, from a different um, player. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And then uh, Scott Jurek, the ultra runner, has um, a memoir called North, which is about his run up through the Appalachian Trail. So... Those are ones I'm looking forward to. I am really excited. Well, I already read it, but I'm excited for other people to read. Um, Anna Ferris's book, mm. Unqualified. How does that change without like getting well, too spoily? Yeah. Is it like... I don't know. Okay. It will be interesting. Okay. So I got an advanced reader copy, and it's one that I wish that I had been able to listen to an audio book, so mm. I will probably borrow when it does come out on audio. And then can see if anything changes because it is very much about her life. And there's a foreword written by her now estranged husband, Chris Pratt, who I love so dearly. And um, there are quite a few things about the relationship. And so I am interested to see if there are going to be any editorial changes before that goes to press based off of the fact that they are now split up or at least that is the, the word in the gossip columns um but it is it's a good read it's something that's interesting especially because she plays a lot of dumb blonde characters and she's a very smart person and um very well read she's very opinionated she has her own podcast where Mm -hmm. she gives advice to people um so i really enjoyed reading it but i am curious just Mm -hmm. from the gossipy part to see what changes by the time it gets published um between the advanced reader copy i read um, I'm really excited to read What Happened by Hillary Rodham Clinton. Yes. Um, which is pretty self-explanatory. Um, and, you know, obviously being hugely buzzed and talked about, but it's just her memoir of the president, most recent presidential election. And it's, yeah, I'm just, I am number 18. <laughs> For the audiobook. It's like the most perfect title ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's what everybody, like, people are just like, what, what happened? Well, this is what happened. Right. That's what I, yes. It's perfect. Like, it it, you get perfect. the feeling it was a working title and kind of like the yeah, snakes on a plane thing, which, you know, allegedly snakes on a plane was a working title and Samuel L. Jackson was like, I like it. So they kept it. Like, you get the feeling yeah. that, like, yeah. it was something that was scribbled down on a sticky note. And they're you like, just can't do any better. Yeah. Than that. Like, I mean, it's so I am really, really excited for that one. 
Um, and I think that's the only big memoir that I... Oh, well, I've got ones that, like, I'm waiting to read that have already come out. Like, I really, really, really want to read Hunger by Roxanne. <gasps> it's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, by Roxanne Gay. And I'm still on hold for forever. I have a copy. I might need to borrow that from <laughs> It's you. signed, though, so you have oh. to be very careful. Well, let me see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's one that I should probably just own, to yeah. be completely honest. Yeah. Um, I love her. And, like, so that came out a month or two ago? Um, I think so, yeah. over the summer. Yeah, sometime in the earlier summer. So that, like, that's what I've just been chomping at the bit for, even though it's already out. So it's not something that's upcoming, but it's upcoming to me. There you go. And I that works. I need it. That's okay, too. Brianna? Uh, along similar political lines, but not really. Uh, <laughs> uh, is it Tanahasi Coates? Yes. Oh. We were eight years in power. Yeah, I had a Between the World yeah. and Me was on my list of books Mine too. that we didn't talk about. It's life-changing as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've, he's yeah, amazing. You just know that that's going to be powerful. Yeah, yeah. His writing is just something else. It's just so moving and like such a strong writer. It's insane. I got an advanced copy of Between the World and Me, that was an advanced copy for approximately one week because they bumped <laughs> um, the publishing of that up because it was so important. Yeah. And so I was like, woohoo! I got an advanced reader. And then they're like, oh, by the way, it comes out now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to be, I think it's, is it based off of his, um, his cover story in the Atlantic? Um, because yeah, it, okay. Yeah. He'd had a cover story of the, of the Atlantic mag- magazine after, um, after the end of the Obama presidency that I either is, seems on along the same la- mm-hmm. lines of just a memoir of eight years with, uh, the first African-American oh. president and. Iconic essays first published in the Atlantic. All right, there you That's go. Awesome. So yeah, it's um should be amazing, and I think he's great. Can I add one other quick political one that I forgot was on my list? Joe Biden has another book coming out in November. Is it Biden the Rails? I <laughs> wish. I wish. Uh, I think it's about his son Bo. It's um, called it's called Promise Me Dad. So again, speaking of tear jerking books, um, but I am really looking forward to that. I just Joe Biden, yeah. much like Leslie Nope, Joe Biden has my heart. Uh, I he's so wonderful. So I'm excited to read that one. And also, the Al Franken Giant of the Senate was yeah, really good. It's oh, perfect audiobook too. Yes, and unlike his previous books, it is a memoir. He actually does yes. talk about his life. And uh, gives you a lot of insight as to how the Senate works or doesn't work. Hmm. Um, so Sounds good. Yeah. I had a huge list, guys. I like, know. so much stuff got... Well, we can know, do a part too. two. Yes. <laughs> we'll do a part two. Yay! <laughs> so, thanks everyone for coming on. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It was a lot of fun. And we'll have to have you all back for another memoir episode in the future. So, mm-hmm. thanks everyone. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.